When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, we're back. And what a couple of weeks in football as we say bye to Bielsa in his bucket. Spurs are good, then rubbish, then good again. And Manchester United have the most upsetting visit to their neighbours since the nice elderly couple in the lodge next to mine on my holiday last week popped over to say hello, only to find me busily turning the hot tub into a bodily fluid soup. It is Rosette with me, Joe Forrester. And we're back. You are right, Hannah? Hello and welcome to Rose Ed. And it's been another tumultuous week in football as Liverpool closed the gap with Manchester City to just one point. Harry Kane edges closer to the top of the all-time Premier League scorers list. And Cristiano Ronaldo is left more disappointed than Roman Abramovich trying to withdraw a tenner from Nat West in Chelsea. Welcome <laughs> to Rose Ed, yeah? <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Topical, that's good stuff. Topical every week. Hello and welcome to Rosehead. And what a week in football as Barca are back, Kane and Son run riot, and Everton have more trouble with a post than Wayne Rooney when he thought he was DMing the Liverpool Golden Years retirement home and accidentally <laughs> made it public. <laughs> yes, that's right. Hello and welcome to Rosehead as Harry Kane equals Bobby Charlton's England scoring record, Gareth Bale fires Wales to within a whisker of the World Cup, and there are more Italian tears than Will Smith's speech at the Oscars when he realised he might have ruined his career by sticking up for his wife who was cheating on him anyway. Is that too harsh? <laughs> it's time. I don't know how it's going to go with this. Oh, hopefully oh, you can't do it. For things that make you go... Yeah, it doesn't work. I'm just going to move out. Oh, God. You genuinely can't do it. Clean out the filter. Mike, what's made you go? Oh, oh, I'm poorly put some vapour up on my chest, baby. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, mate. Oh, help daddy breathe better. Oh, a little, little back rub for daddy. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not reacting because it's all getting cut out, so. Yeah, I hope it is. <laughs> it ain't. It's time. <laughs> right, sorry, I'm doing this well. It's time. For things that make you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, 
Oh, Andy. Andy, you missed a spot. That's oh right. Oh, my God, no. This is disgusting. Oh. Cut that out. Oh, for <laughs> sake. Rob, <laughs> do you know what we should do? Mike, we should start to just swear over the whole thing, and then he has to cut is the this, sound is, out. Is, is this where Hannah's finally drawn the line? Oh, I think so. Bit... <laughs> I'll tell you what made me go, hmm, it's one of the dubs at the pilot whose little girl's in the kids' club. He's really fit. Get some sun cream on my bop bop. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what made you go, mm, this week, a, a pilot? Normally, Simon, obviously you've heard the show before, we do an item at the top, which Hannah really likes, where we kind of talk about our favourite moment of the week, and it's called Things That Make You Go. Oh, God. It's so weird. Oh, God, yeah, that's it. Oh, no, that's it. Oh, like we, and we have to look at Joe oh, while he does this. We, he started to do two there. features where he did this, and oh, we just completely oh, we were like, we can do it once a show, oh, and it's normally for five seconds. And I think oh, he's showing off in front of you, Simon, actually, Simon. Simon. Okay. He's saying your name, and oh. so something something that's made you go mm, this week in football. Okay, quick name. question: Do the, yes. do the sponsors like this feature? No, nobody does. No, no. <laughs> it's just Joe. Joe likes it's it and Joe. he does it every week, even though we say we don't want to do it. I don't think any of our uh, associated brands have ever listened to the show in full, which I would say is a tremendous benefit <laughs> to us. <laughs> and because um, Joe edits the whole thing, he's like, yeah, I'll take it out, and he never does. I send a version to them which is eight seconds long. <laughs> it's the usual bit. Football's um, good, isn't it? Cheers. So I think Lampard did really well in his first season at Chelsea, but I've not seen loads of him from a tactical standpoint. That really makes me think, all right, he's going to go in and, and do a good job at Everton. I don't think he really has a style of football. I think he was he, he was a bit lucky at Chelsea because he had such an amazing squad. And I think at times, like individuals sort of bailed him out, like Mason Mount. He had a great relationship with Mason Mount um, and Mason Mount was absolutely immense under Lampard. So I think he's he's got that capability to get more out of players and I can see maybe that happening a bit with Donny van der Beek but in mm. terms of the overall structure of the team I'm not sure I, I think they'll struggle I don't I don't think they'll go down because I think there are three teams that are worse than them but they're, they're going to be down there for sure I think he's going to get fired Hannah well I mean it was a surprise that he went there you know we were chatting about mm. you know would Ray, Wayne Rooney go I remember being like there's no way he'd go because there's so many issues so many deeper issues at the club isn't there anyway so you kind of, I know, I get it. You get a new manager in, a bit of momentum, but if the the base isn't there in the first place and you haven't got the, you know, he's a big name going into that club, but if you haven't got the, like, the backing, the funding, the support, then what are you going to achieve? Realistically, you're inheriting a, a difficult situation. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I'm just surprised that he kind of went deep for it, really, because it's not going to be great for his... his credentials is it in the long run I just find it weird Bielsa that he never and it's the same thing happened to him at Bilbao before he just won't adjust that style yeah and I just think ultimately he's not one of the great managers while he's so innovative yeah he's not one of the great managers because that team needed to play a different way and that kind of super high energy like gag and press football actually is fading a little bit like for me it's like Football teams are a little bit more pragmatic now. We've had that era of kind of playing super high line and all that sort of thing. And people are wise to it, I think, and much better at counter-attacking. And I don't know, I think he's sort of a flawed genius yeah. in many ways. Mike, what's Bielsa's legacy, do you think, at Leeds? 
the legacy is obviously ending their 16-year wait to to get back into the Premier League, and you know he he'd sort of done his job. But I think with more than anything, he he made the Championship exciting to watch. No offense, but um, like Championship football can be quite like dire at times. You play so many games so mm. often um, that it you know you you sort of do what you can to win. But the fact that he brought this like high energy pressing style, like new, um, you know, ways of playing and just like excitement. Um, you know, because as much as people don't like Leeds, you have to say that their fan base is like a so is so passionate. Mm. And to, for him to bring that life back into the into the crowd and, and to the city was just great to see. And I, I think whatever happened in his last season, like he, he's gone down as a legend because he, he brought that football back. I'm eating my chips with the pie and he just goes, Give us your fork. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I've got a chip on it. He takes the fork out of my hand, See, pulls, yeah. pulls a little bit of gravy from the extra gravy boat he got on it and went, now have this. <laughs> Gave it back to me. I was like, thank you, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Bloody hell. Was that like a man test or something? Yeah. No, because I he wanted me to experience the joys of gravy. Oh. It wasn't like, are you a man? It was like, look, clearly you just haven't had enough gravy. So I'd just like to say I loved him and he's absolutely hilarious. And it was it was everything I expected it to be. It was completely bonkers northern fun. Apart so. from the fact that you look like Pete Burns when you met him. I had big I had big fake lips, I looked like Jordan. <laughs> I looked like Jordan sucking on a chip off his fork. But did you not in your hotel make up a sandwich when you had your breakfast, make up your lunch? Next, no, I wasn't on a school trip in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a stag there in New York, wanted to treat myself a bit. Wait, <laughs> oh, have you brought have you brought the petty for Lou? I don't have my spoon. I don't, I'm just going to suck it out. Of the so, I was working in. Uh, I worked once at the European Games, and I actually um, I used to I used to get the hairnets out of the hotel bedrooms. You know when they give you the plastic hairnets? Yeah. I used to use them. <laughs> sandwich bags and used to make, make up my lunch and put them into the, the plastic hairnet um, shower caps that's, that's and put them a, in my bag. That's one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. <laughs> soup. Soup is I don't know why anyone eats soup anyway. So you got a spoon in shit, just drink it. It's a drink. Don't have it. Right? That's my opinion. But that's the worst bit last. So you get the maximum enjoyment first. It's like you know when you're eating a roast dinner, right? The thing to do is you eat all the veg, get rid of the veg. Then you might eat like some of the potatoes and Yorkshire pudding, but you want to be left with mostly meat at the end and some Yorkshire pudding. Mike, you're nodding. That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. You eat the best yeah, bit last. Yeah, yeah. You save it, save the best till last. Save but I don't know, Joe. But maybe, maybe he prefers starters to, to dessert. That, that that is that is fair, isn't it? If he, do you know what? If he prefers soup to a chocolate brownie then I don't care about his glittering career. He's an idiot. It might not be that is It might be... We're having lunch, so we're having pie and chips, yeah. obviously, because it's the North. Um, and he ordered extra gravy, because the whole family loves gravy. Yeah. They always order extra gravy. Like, on our first date, Jess was astonished when I didn't finish all my gravy. So she would always order extra, let alone not finish what you're given. But yeah. it's Northern, isn't it? They, yeah. Do you like gravy? Yeah. Of course gravy. you do. Exactly. You're like, hey, that's a stereotype. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And they, but, and like... I don't know why you're laughing. So I basically ate my placenta after I'd given birth. But what happened was it got it got freeze dried. Not straight away. 
No, it got some people. Here's your baby. Too. Here's your baby missing. He's given us a rock. Did you make it into a meal, Anna? So, no, what I actually did was um, it came home. Uh, so my husband it's, had to. They, they, they packaged it, and a friend came to stay at our house. So my husband took it back to the fridge in a Tupperware tub, and then stored it in the fridge overnight. And then this woman came and picked it up the next day. And um, Eversimiti is a placenta. Oh. <laughs> and basically, this woman collected it. She freezed it, and then dried it, and then she put made it into capsules and a liquid. Because you were putting some sort of liquid into your drink, that's why the the throat stuff. Not like. And I was like, oh, that looks like the oil that I got when I I had my placenta, <laughs> and you thought I was joking. I was like, no, I genuinely. Oh, so you so you put it into it. you put it into a cocktail, or because other so people got, like when, yeah. make a steak, Diane. Yeah, well, so placenta colada. I had capsules, and uh, I had them like every four times every day, and that's why I was just making so much breast milk. It was like, I joke about a pressure wash, but I was spraying What does it taste milk. like? What, breast milk? No. Or the placenta? <laughs> oh. I, well, I wouldn't expect you to. A bit oh, like... No, you, of course, you're trying your breast Sorry. Yeah. I had yeah, all so expectations of Hannah go However, out the I did drink my breast milk at, like a few times, and then I got shingles. So I don't know if that's got anything to do with it or not. <laughs> uh, maybe a sign. <laughs> can you season placenta? Like, can I put like a bit of ginger well, some people will get yeah, the raw yeah. placenta before you actually dry it and make it into capsules. Some people actually eat that. But it's full of nutrients. Like your fetus has lived off it for nine months, and it's like amazing for your body. So why would you not? Re- the only mammal that doesn't reabsorb it. So because it's it just feels a bit gross. Because it's been yeah. grown inside you for like close to a year. Yeah. So you wouldn't eat other stuff that's been grown inside you. A person, yeah. I just don't feel like I would eat bits of a person. Well, I think you probably have. <laughs> <this week. laughs> <laughs> you spent Eat five him. days doing it, Joe. Eat I think him. I got a sore throat. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Joe. <laughs> right, <laughs> listeners, vote. Is it A, weird to eat your placenta, or B, completely normal and me and Mike? Appear? Yeah, but you know what's going to happen, Joe, with everything? All of our buddies from North Allerton are yeah. going to come on <laughs> the, the vote and say, yeah, it's completely normal because we all do it. Like, we all call Primark Primark and stuff like that. That's <laughs> oh, what's going to happen. We have a bloody pint of placenta and a Jager bomb down bungers, don't yeah. we, on a Friday? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? None of my friends have done it and they all think I'm disgusting. Do they? Yeah. But they have drunk breast milk. Yeah, shots. Yeah. There's the limit. Yeah. Is there... That's where you draw the line. <laughs> Is there anything... That you wouldn't eat that comes out of a human. <laughs> it's good for you. Literally, the streets are like paved with people all queuing up to get a photo, and it just ruins the entire thing. I don't know if you've seen pictures of, of Santorini, but it's like the most picturesque place. Like, on yeah, Earth. in Greece with yeah. all the blue roofs and all that. And yeah, all the girls and... pull their pants up and to, like, take a picture. Like, oh look, I got a fruit platter. Mm, look at me, <laughs> fruit <Santorini>. platter. <laughs> oh, that's not that's not a euphemism. Yeah, I thought that was a euphemism. <laughs> I didn't know no, how you know high up they were putting up in the sense. shorts. <laughs> yeah, cu- a couple of slices of melon and a grape at the top. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For once, oh. Hannah doesn't make the, the dirty euphemism. He invested in, in the Premier League at a time where it probably needed that because I think at that time you probably had La Liga um, dominating. You had the Ram mm. through Barcelona, they, they were at the top. So if, if anything, he's sort of investment 
um, and, and you know Chelsea competing made other teams around them better made other teams around them follow that model like he's saying you know Man City obviously bought into it after that um, you know Man United have always been around there but they were obviously spurred on by by Chelsea doing so well because actually Chelsea in that period probably stopped Arsenal winning a lot of titles as well so I could sit here and be bitter about it but I'm not because if, if, if anything I think it's, it's added to the product of the Premier League and mm. what, what it is today and uh, I mean talking about like him being responsible for for players being lifeless i think that's just that's just ha- like happened naturally i think that's just social media i'm not sure the money's got loads of stuff to do with it because money's always been in football but it's just more more prevalent now but mm. in terms of roman abramovich obviously there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on with him um if if anything i think it's a good thing now because chelsea whoever comes in will not pump the kind of money in that he has been so if anything it should make things a bit more competitive now it's no surprise that money in football is corrupt. The World Cup has been awarded to a country where several thousand migrant labourers have died building stadiums and the ones who are still alive are kept in internment camps. I mean, it's like football is inherently corrupt and that comes from the money. Do you think this yeah. might start like a... It's such a big question. Do you think this might start like a closer look at that sort of thing? I think it's interesting because we had Charlotte on from the uh, Newcastle podcast and that was after um, obviously the Saudi group bought bought Newcastle and it it was interesting what she said about you know even though we are fans and and we fund the club it's like how much can you actually expect a football fan to do like a football fan is there to support the team a football fan ultimately is not there to to pick the owner and you know check, check out the owner before to even make sure that they're suitable to, to run a football club. And I, I feel like that just goes beyond fans. That needs to be something sorted by the government. But if, if anything, is it is it not too late by this point? Like there, there already mm. are owners with, with questionable records in the Premier League and yeah. in Europe and everywhere. So it's just like this stuff should have been brought in like a, a vetting process like years and years and years ago. And the fact that, that you know, if, if even this does come in now, it will be too little too late. After all the stuff came out about, about Mike Ashley, I stopped shopping at Sports Direct because I was just like, okay, well, it is cheaper than JD Sports, but he treats his workers like and they don't have their rights correctly looked after, so I can vote with my feet. But I don't have an emotional connection yeah. to Sports Direct. Yeah. So in that way, they kind of put on our heartstrings a bit, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't have a choice. Like, you're not going to... Are you going to stop supporting the club that you love and you've supported for for however many years because yeah. a new owner's come in? Like, I think it's it's you're, you're asking a fan to do something really, really difficult to cut emotional ties and to for for something that is not even in your control. So I think it's yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. Arsenal and Tottenham could finish third and fourth, right? So Spurs yeah. finish third and Arsenal finish fourth. And um, <laughs> and then Liverpool and Chelsea could finish fifth and sixth. But because they've gone deep in the competition in the last few years, Liverpool and Chelsea could supplant Arsenal Spurs. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Which is yeah. ridiculous. Because I mean, it gets rid of... What's, what's the point in us finishing third and fourth? Yeah. What's the point in you trying? Don't get, you, don't get, you don't get a trophy for finishing third and fourth. You get, you get back into the Champions League, which is a sort of trophy in itself. So... What, there'd be no top four race anymore. Like this, this little yeah. competition going on between Spurs, Arsenal, United for fourth, that would just be completely dead in the water. 
So no, I don't. I, so I don't agree with this. So what's the point of it then? All. Why? Why if they? Why is this even been become a thing that might happen? Why? I think it's because they want big famous clubs in the competition because they got more fans and more people will watch it and it'll make them more money. It was an interesting um, turning point in football as well because even Talksport changed their kind of well their content model in the sense that on the radio, but particularly what they do on social media, they essentially started going for the most clickbaity stuff. So Gabby Bonnard did it this week with Laura Woods about the Arsenal celebrating at Villa kind of thing again. Now there's no way he feels that strongly about it because why would he? Because life's too short. So just get over it. But I know for a fact that at Talksport, and I'm willing to say this, you guys don't have to, but like at Talksport, producers will say, what is your most controversial opinion or your hottest take on this thing? So you might go, oh, I've got this balanced view and here's what I think. And it's kind of a bit of, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. They'll be like, no, we don't want that. We want stuff that's going to get people ringing, get clickbait. So it's not real content. It's stuff yeah. to encourage argument and it's divisive. And I think like the fact that there are shows out there like Guardian Football Weekly and Totally Football Show and The Athletic and all their journalism as a counterpoint to that is a brilliant thing. But I do think like, that element of football coverage. I hope it's dying out, but I do think it's a fairly poisonous. Also just, it's an irritant to a normal football fan as well. Arsenal Fan TV legitimised that kind of behaviour for lots of different people. And I think it's, what, it's one of the worst things to happen to football is Arsenal yeah. Fan TV and the, the subsequent other fan groups. And basically- Why is that? Kind of Pardon? Why is that? What do you mean? Because it, it, it legitimised the shouty, annoying fan who has opinions that are entirely based on, well, but based on basically nothing. And they just kind of thought, the more we argue and the more we shout and the more difficult and obnoxious we are, not just Arsenal, but there's a lot, every club's fans across the world have them now. But maybe because Arsenal Fan TV were the first and were the biggest, that some sections of the Arsenal fan base thought, mm. oh, okay, that's what gets you noticed. And that tiny, tiny 0.0001%, are the ones that still right. shout yeah but um that's that's made it more difficult for people who are more balanced to, to normal actually, football fans yeah to like to gain popularity or even just to, to have their voice heard i bought these stencils on ebay for my eyebrows right and then you get this powder so you put the stencil over your brow and then you powder it in <laughs> did it and somebody came to my house but i'd only done one of them <laughs> so I had this huge friggin eyebrow and, and she turned up and she was like what have you done to your face and i was like i need to do the other one and she was like why are you buying like just leave you like what are you doing it looks ridiculous and then i looked in the the mirror and like it was that thick <laughs> so stupid it's such a I just... Sorry, I've got, I'm not making eye contact with you now. I'm making eyebrow contact. I just penciled them in, but microblading <laughs> I'll, is... I'll pencil your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. But basically, microblading is like a really thin blade. You put some numbing cream on your eyebrows. Should I talk about this on a football podcast? Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like a, a thin razor blade, and they basically dip it into some um, dye, like a tattoo, and then they cut sections of your skin, but oh. the oil in, and the, the um, dye in. And then your eyebrows scab up and look for six weeks. And then the scabs drop off and they go really dark, but then they go lighter and you've got thin blades. So it's like somebody just drawing the extra hairs in. So do they, do they shave your eyebrows first? No, so they just draw in how you'd exactly want to have them. So have you got any So I've hair? only got a few, yeah. I, so my, <laughs> I'm really confused by all the yeah. stuff that women get so, done. Yeah, I, I haven't had them done for like three years. So I need to get them redone. 
Um, but yeah. then you don't have to ever pencil them in because I think mine are probably ready uneven. I did them on the train. <laughs> um, but it's a really good, a really good thing. Wait, so without the without you drawing them in, what would they look like? Uh, probably just the same, just a little bit lighter. Oh, okay. So I, I thought I could imagine you actually just like getting a little stencil. And oh my just God. literally like Today I'm surprised. Colouring in. I'm just really trying to see. Like one of those people that talk to you and look at the top of your head. Hate those people. Hate those people. I, I think I used to do that when I was in school. And walk someone, on your tiptoes. Someone said to me it. <laughs> <laughs> that face. <laughs> what the hell? No, you always had no, you always had somebody at school that would talk to you above your hairline and walk on the tiptoes. <laughs> or keep what? looking up at your hair as they talk to you like. Yeah. And you'd be like, <laughs> Yeah, I hate that. I mean, Hannah, you did that to me earlier. When 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 I met Hannah earlier. No, no, no. She, like, is that you? She looked at me and then like really like really stared at my like chest area. I think she's looking at what jumper I was wearing. I don't know. Did I? Yeah, you did. I was like, <laughs> are you judging right. me or what? Like, you, you, you I was, was trying to read seconds. what was because you had a NASA jumper. Yeah, uh, that, that's what it is. And I've got a NASA jumper but, but in black. But yeah, it's so. like so. <laughs> and I've got the same oh, T-shirt as you. <laughs> Getting so weird. Um, but yeah, so I was, yeah, so when, when I was at school, <laughs> <laughs> when I was at school, um, when my mate Rob said to me that Mike, you know, that when like you talk to people, you, you look at their forehead, and <laughs> I can't oh. stop doing it now, yeah, I know, and like, I'm just like, it's weird. And and and, and he, he was like, I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, like you, you look at my forehead, and I was like, oh, like just show me what it looks like. Then he looks at my forehead, and I was like, oh my god, like I need to stop this right now. It's the mo most uncomfortable thing ever. Like literally looking at someone. I'm so, trying so hard to look awful. Guy. Yeah. It's almost a calculated risk when you play teams with a with a low block defend deep. You have to push those extra numbers. For <laughs> Joe's staring at my. What, 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 what are you looking at? The forehead. <laughs> I was waiting to say <laughs> so that. Weird. So weird. Sorry, sorry. Oh god. So, so yeah, carry on. Yeah. Um. Calculated risk. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost it. I've lost it. What was I talking about? A low block. Low block. Yeah, yeah, risk. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Arsenal have been. Matt Doherty, or as I'm now calling him, Dohaldinho. So, um, I mean, an, an astonishing performance. A Dejan Kulisevsky flair invention, doing the unexpected. Harry Kane scored 176 Premier League goals, more than Thierry Henry, more than Thierry mother Henry. Like, Joe, <laughs> Joe, literally. Joe, you are, in, you are insufferable. <laughs> Honestly, like, if we were, literally after Burnley, it's like, you know, dross. Get him out. Um, Antonio Conte, <laughs> like, you know, all of this, blah, blah, blah. How, yeah, how send dare it? To United. We yeah, don't want him yeah, anywhere. Yeah, we don't want him. And then now it's like, mate, you know, you know, Matt Doherty is one of the worst right backs I've, I've, I've seen over recent, oh, over recent seasons. And, and also, he, he's, his masterclasses were against Leeds, who basically, I think they, they sacked Bielsa after that match, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And, um, and against, against Everton, who were absolutely pants on Monday. So I wouldn't be getting too Thanks. too excited. Probably going to get relegated. The wins were against Everton and Leeds. Like, let, let's be honest, not the best teams. And City, and we're brilliant against City. Yeah. But those three things that those teams have in common is they press very high. Yeah. And I think I just think it's such a mistake to do that against Spurs because you know how we play. Mm. What I do find a little bit worrying at the moment, and Burnley and Middlesbrough are great examples of this, is there's no plan B. Mm. So when a team does the opposite and sits 40 yards further back. Yeah. We don't have a way to break that down. And that's what we need to work on. 
the issue Spurs have as well is they've had this incredible asset. I, in my opinion, the best player to ever play for the club. Mm. And they've not capitalised by building a team around him because you've been given this asset. It's like Barcelona. It's like, okay, we've got this gift from heaven, Leo Messi. Let's build something around him to supplement that. And Spurs haven't done that. They were like, oh, well, we'll just kick back and try not to spend too much because we've got such a good player. And it's like, no, because you're kind of balancing out his talent by not spending elsewhere. So I think, yeah. I don't know, it's just got, again, an error of Spurs transfer policy. And I thought I'd be happy to watch you play at, in Barca or at Madrid or whatever, like, or at Bayern or whatever it might be. Like, I wouldn't mind that. And I think it'd be kind of cool to like watch Champions League game and it's like, oh, Karen Benzema and Harry Kane up front. That's that's quite fun. Um, but like staying in the Premier League is just like, I don't know, it's a bit like you're kind of a really handsome rich guy moves in next door and your girlfriend leaves you for him. So you're pretending to be all right with it. But like, then you wake up in the morning and you see it. And you're like, that's oh. fine. Yeah, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, you're happy you're for you. You look well. Yeah, you look really you're happy. You're on your way yeah. to the bus stop and you see them <laughs> you leaving well. the flat. Yeah. <laughs> so my husband has got the weirdest laugh. I'm going to send you a clip for you to play. <laughs> He's got the funniest laugh. I actually, on our third date, took him to a comedy club and his laugh is so high-pitched that um, the comedian asked me to give... The, gave the microphone to me to hold up to his face and he just laughed for about five minutes. <laughs> At my wedding, my dad played a clip of Andy laughing. <laughs> through the speakers for about five minutes and everyone was just like themselves laughing. It's so high pitched, it's like Aah! like that, honestly. I, I, get, I get anxiety when we go to the cinema to watch a comedy film. <laughs> Do people look? Everybody looks and people laugh because it's so funny and they get and it'll be like it'll start off by going, Aah! and then it's like Aah! and I'm like, oh my god, I need to move. And then it's like Aah! like really loud. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating. Is he self-conscious about it? No, because he's. He doesn't ev care. Everybody no. laughs when they hear his laugh. Oh, that's quite nice. Yeah, so he's. But he doesn't often laugh because he lives with me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I don't tend to have that issue when I do stand-up comedy. Because nobody actually, laughs. Because nobody laughs. Anyway. <laughs> oh. So I had it on video. I'm, I'm having this really weird out-of-body experience because I've got two sons, and I can just see like these. They, this is what they're going to do as they get older, isn't it? They're yeah. Gonna, we're going to be watching Emmerdale. And you know, <laughs> maybe not Everdale, but <laughs> Jack's gonna kiss someone. You the know, and it, it'll be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Zach Dingle's gonna kiss. Is it Mandy? <laughs> Mandy Dingle. They're gonna have like a smooch, and then my kids are gonna be like, Ooh! and emotions are gonna be triggered, and I don't know what I, to do. To be honest, they're growing up in the 21st century. So they can have access to high-speed internet pornography. So I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I think the Dingles are least of your worries. Yeah, they're not going to be watching Mission Impossible on VHS. <laughs> they're going to be watching 3D. My dad used to take me to the barbers to get my hair cut, so I'm like a mullet. <laughs> like... To the barbers? Yeah, he used to get me an apple once and I was getting my hair cut. I'm like, what? Really weird. Wait, you're a feral child. Wait. Like somebody put oh. a crash helmet on my head and cut my fringe. Really strange. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, the more I learn about you, the more it's obvious. Why Wait, you I can't. Like I, this. I, I, I can't work out if you're joking or not, Hannah. Do not. What? <laughs> you, you used to get a bowl cut from a barber. Yeah, and Dad used to take me because I used to like a... football. I think my dad used to think I was a boy. I used to get my hair cut at the barbers <laughs> and once dad just gave me a, an hell. apple while I was getting my fringe cut and there's loads of hair in it and I was like, oh, the dad, he was like, just eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that is bonkers. I know. Oh, I get anxiety God. when I take my kids to the barbers now because I'm like, oh my God, is he going to cut my fringe? You're PTSD. I remember I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you must be really you must be excited at the moment and I feel like it's gonna like show off me to say this but we've meant like I know you had a, a couple of weeks so you're a bit frustrated but you're mm. like building for like the next two to three years and when, when everything yeah. comes to fruition you're gonna be like yeah this is what we've been waiting for but you can you see feel, the infrastructure there yeah. surely do you feel a bit jealous Anna it sounds really like jealous. you're a bit jealous yeah. I am I am because the the process like we look at Liverpool the process takes a couple of years and you need that patience um with it but it's exciting because you can see that that infrastructure is there and that is going to happen for Arsenal and they're going to be on to great things in the future um whether it's you know next season the season after it's your building um yes it is Joe. Have you, what, have you two been on the phone before this? What's going on? <laughs> no, but you can see it. Like you can see it. I think Arsenal are replicating Liverpool. They're, They're going to be on to best thing, great things in the future. It's like a father of the bride speech. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean like it's it's a process, isn't it? And, and yeah, United aren't. Hannah's at great that stage. at PR, isn't she? You know what it was? It was Ashley Young um, complaining about Arsenal celebrations. Yeah. And what you're angry about the celebrations? What? I'm I'm angry that they're angry because it's like I don't understand this. Like, and it's a it's become a recurring theme over recent seasons. I think ever since um, Jurgen Klopp did it for Liverpool when Liverpool drew like one all with West Brom, and like uh, the whole team went across to, to the to the Liverpool end and started cheering and like holding hands like yeah we drew against West Brom and then people went went mental at them and for celebrating and it's like ever since it's been happening a few times like the Wolves mm. players um Ruben Neves and Connor Cody had to go at Arsenal for celebrating because we beat them twice and it's just like whoa like let teams celebrate it's like that is literally the entire point of football to celebrate when your team wins yeah. if you're not meant to celebrate at the end of a game when can you the, the only reason I said about Arsenal is because you've got young up-and-coming players, but you've got to maybe look at sort of the the age bracket of your Harry Kane and, and Son and look at who's coming through, who's going to be replacing them maybe in five years' time um, and looking at the same perspective for Man United. Ronaldo's probably going to leave this summer. I keep saying that. I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard from an official source, you know, because I've got my sources. Uh, oh, what, your friend that said Brendan Rodgers' <laughs> daughter would move to Manchester or whatever but it Brendan was. Brendan Rodgers is coming to Man United as manager, which is obviously never going to happen, but we'll just say <laughs> just going to keep holding out holding out for it um but yeah we it's just it's looking at who your next players are to to fill those boots the formula for the most boring person in the world has been revealed and no it has nothing to do with hannah east's twitter account <laughs> <laughs> today i've been and run a marathon and gone to church and had a sunday rest <laughs> hashtag yolo <laughs> <laughs> Went to the barbers to get my hair cut. My <laughs> apples ruined. Lol. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag banter. <laughs> You're laughing, but this is my f- life. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
the thing that awoke my childhood fantasy, I, I remember this, I was reminiscing about this the other day, I remember watching Mission Impossible 2, and um, there's a bit where Thandi Newton is seducing Do Grace Scott, and like there's a really like close-up scene of them like French kissing. That's with tongues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I just remember being like transfixed and just like watching it and rewinding it again and again. Because apparently it's not very good to uh, make love yeah. in water. Yeah, because yeah, it gets like a bit clumpy, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it, I think, it, I don't know, I think like it, you, you should. So apparently, I learned this from another podcast, but you should uh, dock before going underwater. So form a seal yeah. and then wow. submerge. Yeah. yeah. Hannah's just like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, she, that is. She knows all this already, so. Yeah. yeah, but I've got a hot tub and that's kind of one thing that they tell you. They come round and do like a brief. They do not tell thing, you that. And they say, no. just be careful like not to lock in when you're under the water. What? But especially if you've gone to like a... a Who, like, did like, did the man at B&Q just like expect to see when he installed your top tub? Yeah, by the way, the just before I go. The pensioner just make sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, they do tell you that when they're teaching you about the chemicals. A bit like when you overfill a cafetiere and you plunge it. So like, as you go in, <laughs> it comes out of the mouth. No? So like if you dock under <laughs> like, like one of those fountains in Italy with like <laughs> So sometimes you just want to do something mental, like not because you want to do it, but because like yeah. you know that you shouldn't. So I was saying there used to be this old lady who who lived oh. next door to me. Yeah, what? I don't know what you're gonna say. <laughs> and um oh, God. I f and I call me yellow. <laughs> and I used to <laughs> um, Used to see Gun Wayne voice. leaving her house every morning. Um, <laughs> but like, she'd be talking to me, she'd be like, oh yeah, and like, and the um, and the cat did this, and then obviously I was chatting to the postman, but, and I just think, imagine how bad it would be if I just slapped her as hard as I could across the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, not because I wanted to, but like, because then there'd be that moment where, value, yeah. where it'd be like, oh, Oh God! I can't believe I've done that shit. And like passed by, but like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh. The thing about Ariel is, she and and I used to oh, I used to love this right. So when she she's obviously half fish, and if you extrapolate that and make her human size, can you imagine how scary a woman who was half fish would be? So it's like where her legs would be, the size of human legs would be fish. So you couldn't have sex with that, you just couldn't. Oh my God, can you imagine if Jeremy Wade caught Ariel? Fish on. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, right, but when she's, a, so there's a bit where she loses her fish tail and she becomes a human, right? And she's so fit. And what I used to do, right? When I was a, um, oh God. Uh, <laughs> when I was a, I have to ask my mom, I think I was in reception or maybe nursery, but, there's a bit where Eric, who's like a um, Prince Charming in the film, basically, he's like passed out on the beach. And she like, she's a, a woman at this point, not a fish monster. And she like runs up the beach and like to revive him, she kisses him. So what I used to do in reception was I, I used to lie on the mat in the play area and pretend to be Eric. And all the girls in the class had to come and take it in turns to kiss me to see which one could revive me. <laughs> What? Did you? Did it did it actually work? 
big time. Big. I mean, in what sense? I mean, no, I wasn't like they just. I just got kissed by all the girls in class. Oh, that's quite. That's quite sweet. That's actually really cute. If one of my sons did yeah. that, I'd be so proud of them. It's not really so cute. Creative. It's pretty creepy. Since Fergie, I think like they saw an opportunity to kind of because for 26 years, whatever it was, United had a benevolent dictator essentially yeah. so he was in charge of the entire club and he was bigger than the internal structure of the club yeah. so it yeah. was transi transitioning into a corporate machine while he was there but yeah. he was too powerful and too successful and too popular with the players and the fan base for um kind of that to be the most important thing whereas they thought okay he's gone so let's kind of dissipate and fracture his power and we'll have someone who coaches the team but ultimately answers to us and the corporate economical prerogatives of the football club basically yeah. meaning we are worth a lot of money and it's it is a corporate machine that is meant yeah. to spin cash yeah. and that's the problem i think there's those kind of what united actually need now is a legacy manager who's going to be there for five, yeah. ten years, which is probably why Conte would have been a bad shout because he, again, yeah. you definitely, I've got no doubt in my mind, he'd be a significantly better football team if Antonio Conte had come in after Solskjaer yeah. because Spurs, while we're up and down, we're a <laughs> sight better under Conte than we were under Nuno and we've got a much worse team. Joe, you need to ask me a question because you've looked confused since I said something. <laughs> I'm not real? sure what it is. So hang on. So they serve they serve dessert to the United players. It's 2022. Yeah. For what, what? It's just like, oh, do you want an apple crumble, Jaden? Like, surely no yeah. why is there dessert available anyway? That's not surely just just fruit. This is this is what I read. What's so, a jam roly poly? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's it. Rhubarb crumble, apple crumble. But well, this is what I read. Okay, and like dollops the, on the, the point the point of it was the fact that all the rest of the players did what Ronaldo did because he's obviously an Adonis. Um, oh, I understand that. What I don't understand is why there's dessert on the menu in the first place. They're professional you know, players. Well, if I was the new manager coming in straight away, I'd be like, well, get rid of the custard and the ice yeah. cream bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why is there a sweet <laughs> car at Lowry? Yeah, no wonder Harry Maguire doesn't know what, like, what side of his head is. He's high on E numbers. <laughs> I don't know, Joe. I think, I think with Poch, I think... <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to go back in serious football combo now. Um, but I think he's the one with Premier League experience and he got Spurs to a Champions League final um, and he got Spurs sort of on the cusp of sort of maybe challenging for the league, which is which is quite impressive considering where he came from. Ten Hag, he's not managed in a in one of the top three leagues. He's managed in, in the Eredivisie. Um, I think he managed Bayern Munich's second string team as well. I believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's not managed at, at the very highest level. Um, and I just think even though he's, he's, his football is really impressive and it's uh, and it's, it's really good to watch and fun to watch. And there's a, there's a part of that that needs to be brought to, to Man United again, because the, yeah. the fans love that. I just think if you're looking at a manager side by side, I, I would say Poch is the, is the one who's a standout candidate. And also, with PSG, that they're just impossible to manage. Like you, you look at some of the managers that have been there. T Thomas Tuchel was there, and it, <laughs> he did it. Yeah, and no, I've sent it properly now. Um, and he, he he couldn't manage the squad. And look what he's gone on to do at Chelsea. He won the Champions League the, the next season. So PSG is a, the impossible gig 
pretty much. Like him right now, he's got Messi, Neymar, and, and Mbappe, and none of them want to want to track back. None of them want to work hard. So as a, yeah. as a manager, what he's kind of stuffed. So I'm I'm not sure I'd sort of use PSG as a stick to beat him with. Um, but yeah, I, I, if if I was a United fan, which I'm glad I'm not, I think I would I would go Poch. I think why not let like Roy Keane and Gary Neville and Peter Schmeichel and stuff in the dressing room after yeah. games. That kind of undermines the interim manager, then, doesn't it? But like for a Hunger Games style thing, it's like right, the door's locked, so whoever gets out alive gets out alive. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That's a great idea. <laughs> Roy Keane just comes out like dripping in blood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With, like limbs hanging off his. But uh, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's true because. He- we talk about mental health a lot in sport and um, it, people are trying to raise awareness, particularly for men, to talk about mental health. Mm. Mm. And I think there's like a fundamental issue there that people think that it's acceptable mm. to be able to boo a player that is playing for our country, no matter what team he's playing for, he's been selected to play for our country and we should be behind him all the way. Regardless of his form, he's on the pitch because he's been chosen by the manager. And I think it's really unfair and unnecessary that people are booing him when it, with his first touch. I mean, if he had a shocking game and missed like a penalty or something, you could understand people going, oh. But nothing, nothing equates to being that frustrated with a player that you would boo them on the pitch. And what, what examples that set into young kids that are watching and what, what how is that going to affect his mental health moving forward? Mm. It's, it's not on. When he's come to United, it's like, it's, it's, not, the, it's not the Ronaldo show. It's, it's Man United who are in trouble and they're, they're spiralling downwards and it's all about him, like storming off the pitch and you know, throwing yeah, his arms about. If it wasn't for him, about. we would hardly have any goals this season. People yeah, that is that. true. That is that is true. But I mean, how much has he has he hindered United as well, and, and not just on the pitch? But I mean, like people people looking at United and how they perceive United and sort of like the feel around it. And like, I I think Ronaldo's a great player, but he is he is very much, you know, you need to cater your style of football towards him. And I don't yeah. think like United at this current iteration of United need to be doing that. They need to have a, a long-term plan because yeah. as you were saying earlier, Hannah, I think it almost doesn't matter who they get in as long as they don't sort out the, the decision makers above him to, yeah. to allow whatever manager it is to, to thrive. They're, they're going to be having issues though. If Ronaldo wasn't at United, we would still have all these problems on the pitch. We would still be looking for a new manager. It's not down to Ronaldo that we've had such a a mess behind the scenes like he's kind of kept face I think and he's kept that that excitement and 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 momentum I'd say for United fans to keep going to watch matches because Ronaldo's there because you look at the other key few key players in the team that have really gone off the boil um over the last few months and Ronaldo's remained consistent he's coming onto the pitch he's he's definitely putting himself into pockets of space to to score and creating mm. chances as well and he, he is scoring so whether it that's it's we could have scored a lot more goals well which we could have you know other players aren't kind of put it pulling together um, unfortunately so if it wasn't for Ronaldo I think we'd be in a terrible position that- and he was kind of like, well, you can't be, you can't feel too t- sort of defeated after the weekend because, you know, Man City are an amazing team. We beat them, but yeah, sure. And I was just a bit like, <laughs> yeah. and I, was just, I was like, yeah, but this is Manchester United we're talking about. And in the back of my head, I'm like, it's not okay for Man City 
it's not acceptable for Man City to, it's to be accepted as a better team than Man United. Like, it should be an exciting it's a derby. derby. It? It's it a should derby. have been, every player should have been mm. so pumped. There should have been loads of yellow cards, like all of them just giving the heart and soul on the pitch. And it was, that, that was the bit that was so frustrating, like to watch the players and just be like, you literally don't give a Do you think of Manchester United as a, do you feel like it has tipped over to, into too much of a business? Um, I think, yeah, I think it, it has. Um, I think it was, uh, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because as, as a, uh, like a business, as a franchise, they've always had the, the legacy of Sir Alex Ferguson. And then I think that Man United thought they could keep the, the control element and they could choose a manager that would kind of be quite um, sort of suppressive. They can tell a manager what to do mm. and they can be really influential on a, a manager and decisions that are made. Um, whereas that hasn't worked um, because like Sir Alex Ferguson had such control over that system in the first place. Um, so I think any manager starting at Man United doesn't really stand a, a chance because there's so many powers above that have so much influence into what decisions they can make. Um, but I think if uh, Ten Hag, if he came, his his style of football would probably be quite exciting for, for United to become sort of very attacking. Um, I think that would be quite an exciting concept um, for, for United fans and a, a bit of change and some you know somebody fresh. He's in his fifties, isn't he? So mm. in terms of his uh, his CV, he's more than capable of, of running United, and I think he'd he'd be a, a good option. Um, but right at this moment in time, I don't think anybody knows what's a good option for United because you can get a brilliant manager in, but if they're not allowed to implement the decisions that they want um, and structure the team and the formation and and, and stuff, I, I don't I don't know who's going to be the the best option. At the end of every game, Eddie Howe comes out and he assesses it like to to multiple multiple like press rooms. Just sort of assesses things really cleverly, really articulately. And at the other end, you had Steve Bruce basically go, "Well, you know, we uh, we, we need to dust ourselves down and um, we'll, we'll we'll go again. We'll uh, we'll roll our sleeves up. We we want, as I always say, we." We weren't good enough. And it's like, oh, Steve, man. Like, someone's asking you, like... Oh, my God, like, keep what? talking like Steve. Like, <laughs> all, all I was thinking then is, oh, I miss him. <laughs> I know, I was, I was like, oh, my God, he does talk like that, doesn't he? He's so cute. It, do you know what? If he was a vicar, I'd absolutely love him. But he's just a terrible Premier League football manager. I'm sure he's you a lovely, hold lovely on. guy. Was I talking about Ian McKellen? We were, I yes. Sorry, sorry, yeah. Ian McKellen. Sorry. Ian McKellen's <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, we just had a, we gave him a laptop and got him to read out the, uh, a thread, a Reddit thread of all the, uh, the smallest lies that have the biggest consequences. And he just did not get it one bit. But, you know, that's not him being a... Was he pissed off because he didn't get it? Was he annoyed with you as the presenter or the, <laughs> the interviewer? I, no, I think he was just utterly confused about what was going on. And oh, to be wow. honest, I get it. He's a guy in his 80s. It should have just been a, a Q&A with him. But they yeah. said he's up for concepts. But he did. As soon as someone says to you as you're about to walk in, the thing with Ian is that he's not got any of the concepts right so far. So you just need to explain it really, oh my really God. thoroughly. I was like, okay. Uh, but yeah, dear sweet Russell Tovey was also with him. And uh, he was trying his best, but McKellen was just a bit of a loose, loose cannon who didn't know what was going on. Guys, the thing with Ian is he's 150 years old. He's never seen a laptop before and he's thick as <laughs> So you are going <laughs> to struggle to explain this to him. <laughs> Do you remember little Mo from Ascenders? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember her abusive husband, Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> he 
each other. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. <laughs> I I sent a picture to Joe. I was like, my God, you really look was like that him. Was that you that sent it? Oh my yes. God, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. It, we need a, a photo comparison to be popped up here and get this into a reel because that is that is you, Joe. I've actually managed to get my hands on some some Jordans. They're, they're, Have really, you? they're really hard to get hold of these days. So I had to go for a reseller. <laughs> well, not not according to Peter Andre and Dave Bowers. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that was quite witty, wasn't it? That was quite that witty. Was, yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Air Jordans as well. Air, get it? Air. Yeah. Air Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a 50th food yeah. job. <laughs> Look like two of Jada Pinkett Smith's head. Sorry, I will oh, cut that. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> sorry. Uh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's something I've really got to do straight at the top, right? Hannah. Yeah. How do you uh, say, you know, there's a very famous Canadian crooner, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> his, his name is Michael. How do you, how do you say his name? <laughs> Michael Bubelay. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, I genuinely don't know what you're laughing at. Right. Where have you gone, Joe? Michael Bubelay. How do you say it? <laughs> right, Mike, how, how do you say it? Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé, yeah. So yeah, what you've Bublé. done is you put a... <laughs> no, no. That was what Mike just said. Mike just said Bublé. There's, no, an, you extra, there's an extra vowel in there. You put an extra syllable, so you've, you're doing it. Bublé. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just Bublé. <laughs> you're saying Bublé. <laughs> there's something I've really got to do straight at the top, right? Hannah. Yeah. How do you uh, say, you know, there's a very famous Canadian crooner, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> his, his name is Michael. How do you, how do you say his name? <laughs> Michael Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I genuinely don't know what you're laughing at. Right. Where have you gone, Joe? <laughs> Michael Bublé. How do you say it? <laughs> right, Mike, how, how do you say it? Michael Bublé. <laughs> Michael Bublé. Yeah. So yeah, what you've Bublé. done is you put a... <laughs> no, no. That was what Mike just said. Mike just said Bublé. There's, no, an, you extra, there's yeah. an extra vowel in there. You put an extra syllable, so you've, you're doing it. Bublé. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just Bublé. <laughs> you're saying Bublé. <laughs> what about... And you were also just talking before we came on air about the, um, the famous Spanish DJ whose name's David. How do you say his name? <laughs> David Guetta. <laughs> There's no W in it, it's just Guetta. It's actually, it's actually, yeah. actually it's I mean, not that's David how most Guetta. people say it. It's not that's David Guetta. I can't wait for the brand new track from David Guetta featuring Michael Bublé. It's going to be astonishing. <laughs> well, my ex-boyfriend actually went in Mr. Scarborough and I had to interview him after. But my mum got so f***ed at the event that the local, the local florist put all these flower beds in front of the stage. And my mum got so f***ed. 
danced at the event. That was her first presenting job. And she went to run on the stage to tell me how proud she was of me for presenting. And she actually fell in the flower bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and the whole flower God. bed fell onto the stage. And there was soil everywhere. And my mum's <laughs> foot was actually stuck in the flower bed. And she's like, oh, Hannah, I'm so proud of you. And she had the red wine tash. I was like, sake, mum, get off the stage. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> finished. It was so embarrassing. We do them as tea time presents in our family. My dad always gives me um, pickled eggs for on Christmas <laughs> for a tea time present. What? Right. Sorry. Right. So. <laughs> so. So you have your presents. You do your presents in the morning or whatever, and then when it gets to dinner time, tea time, <laughs> your dad goes right. You know what time it is, and Hannah sits up like a dog. <laughs> he goes and gets pickled eggs. Yeah, yeah. Hannah. That's and gross. I always unwrap it because he wraps them up. And he has to be really careful because oh. it's a, gla- a glass jar. And then I always, every year, I pretend I don't know what it is. Oh, I thought you meant he wrapped the eggs up individually. Yeah, I was like, that's not very really <laughs> hygienic. <laughs> oh, God, oh, yeah. Dear. Does everyone in the family get one or do they get different stuff? They all get normal presents, but my dad just gives me pickled eggs every year because I really like them. Portugal haven't qualified for the World Cup yet, it's worth saying, but if Portugal at the World Cup, they have. They they won last night. (laughs) Oh, right, they have now. Breaking news, Portugal have qualified for the World Cup. I was at a pub quiz last night, sorry. <laughs> um, I, was, I was just thinking then, oh, right, cool. Mm, um, Portugal going to qualify for the World Cup. So, But with another World Cup <laughs> to play in at the age of 39 or whatever he's going to be, is he not just going to want to be stable? He's 36, isn't he? 38, isn't he? Is he? 37. Say, <laughs> <laughs> What a segment. <laughs> oh, God. That's probably quite a good place to leave it. Um... Right, thank you very much, Hannah. Thanks. Cheers, Mike. Cheers. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.